A rule change always causes a reshuffle like this. This season is basically a, a clean start, like a clean slate, fresh start. Everything that's happened in the past couple of years is basically just thrown out the window. This is going to be less of an F1 episode. It's going to be more of a Ferrari episode because everyone's a Ferrari fan. As Sebastian Vettel once said, there's a little bit of toxicity, a little bit of a caustic energy that comes with being in Ferrari. And we've seen some great racing between Leclerc and Verstappen. What I've loved about it is no yeah. complaints racing. Red Bull has an equally fast car. just not a reliable one george russell is taken like a fish to water there's 20 races to go 20 races it's going to take one dnf from ferrari for anyone else to catch up now that they're on top ferrari is on top who's has become a much nicer guy it's like total personality change yeah, i consider myself to be incredibly humble in glory so if we're doing well it's fine you know it's the norm we won 16 championships in the past like it's not anything unusual for ferrari i just do it when like these small teams with just eight constructors in a row and like you know one drivers championship they start piping up what are you talking about who are you like who do you think you are you know Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of All About Sports the podcast a podcast by the fans for the fans before we get into this week's episode a quick reminder of last week's episode we did an episode on what's next for women's sports specifically covering a few different areas mazhar and aniket actually covered a the future of transgender athletes lia thomas participating in the ncaa women's tournament had a really successful last tournament which i believe was in march some of the concerns that were been brought up for transgender athletes was a really broad discussion on that and then we also looked at the future of other women's sports so women's football wnba and a few other sports so do check it out it was a really broad ranging topic and i thought mazhar and gui covered it really well this week for those of you who know fuzel is on the call fuz as you also may know him as typically if he's on it's an f1 episode but more than f1 it's going to be a little bit of a ferrari session we're going to talk a lot about ferrari fuz already heard this once because i we ran we've been running for about 15 minutes and in all my brilliance i didn't press the record button so there's going to be a little bit of a repeat for me and fuz but obviously to all the listeners and viewers it's all totally new information but fuz let's run it again <laughs> it's going to be a ferrari episode for a lot of it but talk a little bit about the history of ferrari or modern history contemporary history if you want to say since their 2007 victory how they've come to where they are now currently leading in the 2022 season charles leclerc number 1 in the drivers and then we'll after that dig into just more broadly the 2022 season what's gone on so far some of the key teams in this race we'll get into all that but fuz for a second time how are you and how's life i'm good it's nice to be back yeah like i said before as well like This is going to be less of an F1 episode. It's going to be more of a Ferrari episode because everyone's a Ferrari fan, as Sebastian Vettel once said. Uh, even if they're not, they're a Ferrari fan. So I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> I think it's also one of those things where even if you're not a Formula One fan, their brand is just so big. You know Ferrari even if you're not an F1 yeah. fan. Yeah. Um. So that's a great point, Fuz. Let's first get into the history of like the modern history of Ferrari. Right. We've you've been a very frustrated fan for a number yep. of years a lot of ferrari fans been frustrated last time they won the championship 2007 kimi raikkonen taking the taking the win on the final race in brazil goes ahead of lewis hamilton as well as alonso in that iconic iconic battle which you know he was honestly the underdog in as well wins that race 
Tell me a little bit about where Ferrari has come from. So it's been a long journey since 2007 after the dominance of Michael Schumacher, you know, in the early 2000s, you have the win in 2007. You're probably thinking, okay, a new era is starting of Ferrari dominance. Hell of a lot of rough seasons. There were still some close seasons with Alonso, but what has changed to bring, what has changed over the years with Ferrari and how are they back to a pretty decent position with admittedly very few races in the season so far? Yeah, so 2007, I remember that race so, so vividly. Um, so I always, I always liked Kimi Raikkonen before it as well. Like, you know, new up and coming fast, you know, hot headed Finnish driver coming in from McLaren. And, you know, the correct, I guess he was the right driver to take over from Michael Schumacher because he, you know, he was one of those people who had what it took to, you know, compete at the front in a fast car. But yeah, 2007, it was quite an incredible season, final race of the season uh, uh, at Brazil. I remember like Kimi was what something like five or six points off the championship lead. This was again the old point system where the winner got 10 points for winning and then, you know, the top eight got points. Yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> reading in the newspaper, like on the final, on the last page of the newspaper where they would show... Okay, for this, for like all of these three, for Kimi to win the championship, he like he needs to finish first or ha- first or better, like you know, first or better, no, just first. Um, and if he finishes first, like Alonso has to finish like fourth or lower, and Lewis has to finish sixth or lower. And like you know, for Alonso to win, so and so would have to happen, and for Hamilton to win, Hamilton to win, he just have to win the race at least, and like just finish ahead of the other two, uh, essentially. And, and uh, for all our Indian viewers, we 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 just spoke about how like we all connect on this was the Times of India final page. We all remember seeing this. I remember the exact same article, Fools. And I remember I don't think I watched it live either, but I remember thinking, I mean, this is super low likelihood. Like this yeah, is not yeah. gonna happen. It was like it was like this. I was like, this is impossible. Like they McLaren have been in the top three. Both of those McLarens have been in the top three. They've been competing for that's why they're at the championship lead, right? Kimmy was wasn't that close. And I was like, it's gonna take a miracle or like both of them to crash out or something. And and yeah, the race came around Brazilian Grand Prix. It was at nighttime as well. So I remember watching it. Like, I remember asking my parents to watch it because, you know, we had one TV and they wanted to watch other shit. And I was like, can I just watch this? Because it's important. And I was flabbergasted because like the exact result that was needed was what happened, which was insane. Like Kimi finished fourth, Alon- fifth first, Alonso, I think finished fourth. I don't remember what the exact positions were, but you know, it was the exact requirement basically, I remember. And uh, Hamilton finished sixth or lower. And I was like, this is insane. And Kimi won that championship by one point. And Alonso and Hamilton finished equally on points right behind them, which is insane. And yeah, I wanted to point out that Lewis hasn't beaten Alonso as a teammate ever. So um, Alonso is still one of the greatest drivers of all time. <laughs> any uh, opportunity. I think you, everyone on this podcast has taken multiple, just any opportunity to take a last dig at Hamilton. I think anyone yes. and everyone takes it. Yes. <laughs> I don't like Lewis. But yeah, so since then, yeah, 2007, last Drivers' Championship, 2008, the last Constructors because of, you know, Felipe Massa losing out the championship by two corners, thanks to freaking Lewis Hamilton. And uh, yeah, last Constructors, but I think even then was because McLaren got disqualified or something. I don't remember the details, but anyway, uh, since then, it's been very, you know, uh, will they, won't they, most of the time they didn't, I mean, they never did. Um, Alonso came close by a couple of points in 2012, lost out to Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel came close in 2017, dominated the first half of the season, but then Mercedes just outdeveloped the car and he lost out a few crucial points. You know, that Germany race is just always haunts my dreams, um, haunts, haunts my nightmares where he lost out the win. But yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just been mostly a product of, you know, 
Red Bull for four years and Mercedes for the past eight years building a better car than uh, Ferrari could. Red Bull and Mercedes just have been head and shoulders above Ferrari. So Ferrari has always just been third best, unfortunately, second or third best. So it's not like particularly been, um, you know, an issue, a specific issue with like drivers or specific issue with like any, like, you know, you know how in football you would blame like, oh, the manager is bad or we don't have a striker, we don't have a proper defender or something like that for losing our games. It wasn't anything like that. They just didn't perform where they needed to perform to win. Which is fair, I guess, right? Because there have been like changes, regu- changes in regulations and stuff, and you know, car development, and just some people, some teams just outdevelop other teams. Which coming to this season has exa- is exactly what has kind of happened, right? Because we've seen a complete reshuffle in rules. We've built completely new cars, new aerodynamics, everything, new power units. And Ferrari has just built a better car than Red Bull or Mercedes. I would, I don't want to say Red Bull because I think Red Bull has an equally fast car just not a reliable one. So they've outdeveloped McLaren and Mercedes, you know, the usual suspect and Williams and, uh, you know, so just Ferrari has just built a very good car. And obviously they have two very talented drivers. Like I've, I love Charles Leclerc and he's the first person to get a five-year contract out of Ferrari, which is the, long, the, the longest contract they've offered any driver before. Right. So, um, yeah, obviously they have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of faith in him and he's like shown the quality that he can produce right in the first three races as well. Like they've been so close. He's finished second once by like half a second and he's dominated the other two. So yeah, I'm very, very, very excited as a Ferrari fan to see where this is going to go. So far clear 71 points clear by 34 to the second driver, like you said, and uh, clear of all the other constructors by himself alone. So you know, um, if anything, I'm optimistic for the Constructors' Championship, you know, at the very least. That's true. That's a good point because they are pretty, both him and Sainz are, are yeah. pretty close together at the top. Whereas all the others, there's a decent gap. Strangely, Perez actually leading. Red Bull also pretty close together, but they're close together at fourth, fifth. A little bit of a gap between Russell and uh, Hamilton, which is Hamilton. somewhat surprising. But... Completely fair. Thank you for the recap, Fuz. I'm sure it's been a lot of rough years. You and Mazar are obviously huge Ferrari fans. It's been a couple of rough years. I don't want to jinx it too much, but let's talk about the 2022 season. Yeah. Let's get into it. I know you're trying to be like as calm as you can be. You're trying not to get ahead of yourself. We talked about this a little bit on the in the yeah. in the pre-recorded version, which is you loved talking shit when you were fifth. There's a lot less shit talking when you're first. Yeah. Yeah. But season started. They're looking good so far. Obviously, like you said, Charles Leclerc way ahead of the pack. He's currently 71, like you said, 34 points ahead of number two, George Russell, yeah. who's 37. You then have Carlos Sainz with 33 points, Sergio Perez with 30 points, and then Lewis Hamilton with 28 points. Max Verstappen rounding out the six with 25 points. So it's definitely been a rough start of the season for for the high standards Red Bull and Mercedes typically have. But Fuz, what are some of your concerns for Ferrari through the rest of this season? The concerns, I think, are pretty straightforward. Like, it's things we've seen before where Ferrari are doing well now. But it's a new season in the sense that it's new regulations, right? These are fresh cars. People have just built these out and they're still working on developing them, finding, you know, those extra few tens every, like, anywhere they can. So the, I feel like um, Ferrari aren't, aren't outright the quickest car on the grid. I think Red Bull are pretty, very, like, you know, very neck and neck. I think like 
if they're pretty similar. The only um, thing is that Ferrari have just built a more reliable car than Red Bull has. Red Bull has had three power failure, power unit failures in the, in the first three races, which is quite incredible. It's the only reason they've like lost out on so many points. The only concern I would have, like I said, we've seen before with Mercedes out developing Ferrari over a season as well, right? So yeah, new car people are, you know, still figuring things out. And my only concern would be the other teams will figure out more things quicker than Ferrari can. So if Mercedes start producing a better, uh, you know, a better car than they have currently, if McLaren start producing a better car, if Red Bull figures out their power unit issues, that would be cause for concern. Cause for concern in the sense, you know, like now it's competitive. Now it's not, we're not in a comfortable position that, okay, I know going into a race weekend, Leclerc is going to win. You know, Leclerc leads out of turn one and Leclerc wins. Like we've seen with freaking Hamilton for the past eight years. It's not, that's that like, you know, that sort of comfort isn't going to be there. So um, yeah, no, no huge cause for concern because Ferrari have gotten it right so far. And obviously I would be optimistic that they would continue to do that. They would continue to develop themselves as well. Clearly they've got a good, like, you know, base package to build on. So that's good to see. Like if, if you're starting ahead of everyone, you're going to, you know, probably finish ahead of everyone. It, it, it's yeah, the concerns are usually like development because yeah, Vettel started the season well in 2017 and then Mercedes just built out a better car and then, you know, Hamilton started dominating those races again and won the championship ultimately. So, And credit to Ferrari to making the business decision to say, let's focus on the 2022 season. Yeah. Obviously, we knew this was going to be a different season because of all the rule changes. Credit to FIA where it's due. They said they wanted to build a system where there was more heated racing, more competitive racing, more competition at the top. We've seen some great racing between Leclerc and uh, Verstappen. What I've loved about it is no complaints. No yeah. complaints racing. Both guys yeah. admitting it's good racing. Obviously, Leclerc just has ha- had the luck a little bit also because of the engine failures of Red Bull so far this season. But great racing that we've seen from those two at the start. And credit to the FIA for the rule changes. We saw a lot of teams that have made that business decision to say, hey, let's sit out you know, the 2021 season. We're not going to take that one too seriously. We're going to focus on the 2022 season. The two Ferrari teams specifically, right? Ferrari, Haas using the Ferrari engine still, I believe. Yeah. Maybe making... Alfa Romeo as well. Alfa has done pretty well. Bottas finished in the points a few times. Yep. So, yeah. completely fair. All of yeah. them kind of making the similar business decision to focus in on the 2020, uh, 2022 season. The obviously rule changes were pushed back a year because of COVID. It was initially supposed to be 2021, but been great racing so far. I do want to hit on one small point that you had about teammates, because mm-hmm. you spoke a little bit about Foo's, how you can't really point your finger at exactly one thing in Ferrari. Yeah. The one thing though I want to call out is mm-hmm. irrespective of how good or bad Ferrari is, sometimes there's a little bit of toxicity a little bit of a caustic energy that comes with being in Ferrari. And maybe it's a bit harsh, maybe because they're the, the page three, the glam and the glitz of Formula One, they get more probably some undue attention that they don't want. But we have seen tension brewing between Fernando Alonso and Felipe Massa back in the day. I think Kimi Raikkonen pretty, long, pretty much gets along with anyone he races with because he doesn't mm-hmm. talk that much. So him and Vettel seem to do great. But when you had the Vettel Leclerc, we all remember that U.S., Grand Prix, the crash that they had. So there was that tension there. Leclerc and Sainz, two phenomenally lovable F1 drivers, I want to say. How important will that be? Because I actually think they mesh together really well. And I think Ferrari needs to rebuild their image a little bit. And I think Binotto with those two 
are reasonably lovable, quiet, non-caustic characters. How important do you think that could be as the season goes along? And there's going to be competition between them too. At at some point, they're going to be racing each other. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good uh, topic to bring up. Here's here are my you know I haven't put a lot of thought into this, but here's my initial thoughts. I think. Uh, if this, like the current norm goes on where Leclerc keeps winning and Sainz is finishing second, third, because see, I feel like right now, even though Ferrari has had a good car, Sainz hasn't been near Leclerc. So there's been a very evident gulf between them. I think if this carries on for the next three or four or five races, Leclerc is consistently finishing, you know, 10 seconds clear of Sainz, they're, they're just going to fall into those roles. Because I don't think that if Sainz is 10 seconds off Leclerc, he's going to be behind Leclerc. He's going to be behind Verstappen and Perez because, you know, because the Red Bulls are that close as well. Like we saw in, in Australia also, he made a mistake and ended up DNFing on the, on, the, on, the, on the opening laps. They will be racing each other, but I feel like if, you know, if they aren't close enough in the championship, then there's going to be team orders because the championship matters. You know, the championship supersedes a single race. But the other thing, okay, so take a hypothetical scenario where that wasn't the case, where they where maybe signs, okay, produces a few good results and finishes ahead of Leclerc and they're back, you know, back battling each other as well. Um, I think that in the modern era, teammates and, you know, between them, like rivalries between them have been very, have been much more like cool-headed they've not been you know rash uh they've not been um ridiculously bad because you can see like we've seen Hamilton and Bottas battling I've seen like I've seen that live right like I went to the U.S. Grand Prix once and I saw them go side by side in front of me and like it was amicable like they 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 didn't do anything stupid like obviously there are bad examples of this as well where Hamilton and Rosberg would like literally on purpose crash each other out and I don't think that happens that much anymore like I I also feel like Leclerc specifically is a very very calm cool-headed driver he's been on like even the first two races we saw he was under a under a ton of pressure but he handled it like a champ like he handled it so well he handled the pressure from Verstappen so well and both of them like Verstappen we consider like a hot-headed driver but he's still not produced any issues against Leclerc right so I just imagine that even if they are battling, like both of these, both of these guys seem to have the kind of personality where if they were side by side with each other, they, they would be respectful. They would understand, they would understand that, you know, the team comes first and our, both of us crashing out is going to be detrimental to both of us. So let's not try anything stupid. Like I know we, we know we want the points, but like the team comes first. Hopefully, I mean, that's just my impression of it. Hopefully that's how they think. But if it came to that, I feel like it wouldn't be that bad. But I also kind of doubt it's going to come to that. I feel like Leclerc is just about, you know, just about uh, ahead of signs in terms of like quality. So uh, I feel like he's just going to end up producing slightly better results. And we're going to fall into those roles where Leclerc is first driver, signs is second driver, and Leclerc gets preference. So. Fuz, I love that point because now when I think back, context really matters. The times when that happens is really when the drivers are close together, right? You talked about the Rosberg, Hamilton. They were racing for the 2016 championship, which went down to the last race. Um, you talk even about, you know, Massa, Alonso. There were times when they were like, they were, you know, reasonably close to each other. The reason I always, exactly like you said, the reason I felt Hamilton bought us was never that competitive is whenever they were racing, it was very clear that Hamilton was the guy who, was going to be the number one competing for the number one in the driver's standings 
And like you said, that precedes everything. Yeah. That precedes everything. So it's honestly a strange thing to say. It's not the worst thing for Ferrari that Sainz is third and Charles Leclerc is so far ahead of the pack. You would oftentimes think it's best if we just have two at the top. Yeah. Maybe for their chemistry, it's not the worst thing that Sainz has a little yeah. bit of a gap. One thing I do want to call out is Sainz, we know him as the happy-go-lucky guy in F1. He's, I feel like each season becoming less and less like that, which is mm-hmm. fair. He's probably maturing. He wants to. He's changed from being like the fun guy to being, I want to start winning races yeah. back-to-back. He's not sounded super happy after most of the races, even finishing second, finishing third. But at the end of the day, this is the beauty of F1, right? You compete with your team. It, yeah. it matters. Even if Bottas, as much as he, I'm sure, loved racing with Mercedes finishing one, two, I can't help but think he enjoys being the number one guy now this season for Afermeer. So we've talked a lot about Ferrari. So for our, all our Ferrari haters, don't worry, we're going to cover other teams as well. We'll talk about the others. Uh, Fuz, I'll go to last year's champions, or yeah. at least last year's driving drivers championship. Did they win the constructors well last year, Red Bull? No, no, Mercedes won. Mercedes, the that's what I was thinking. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Toto like going for the going ham after like yeah. being so upset. So, Red Bull. Let's talk a little bit about them. I was talking to someone about this again this week, where I spoke about how Red Bull's fatal flaw, I think, in their entire history, will always be they have to outsource the engine. And they're competing yeah. against two teams that don't outsource the engine. Yeah. So, Fair enough. but again, that has also changed the season, right? So it's called the Red Bull powertrain now. So they've basically um, taken over Honda's power unit and they're branding it as their own. And they're, they're just using the Honda IP because Honda pulled out. So it's kind of their own engine. They're, they're developing it with, with Honda, I guess, but without the Honda branding. Oh, that's a good point. I actually didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I should probably know that. But okay, so that's pretty interesting to know. Maybe they're just struggling with it so far. What are your thoughts on Red Bull so far? Some of their struggles this season. Why are they still to me a scary, you know, I think they're still a scary team. I don't know if you think so. And what do you think their future looks like in the 2022 season? Honestly, yeah, I think Red Bull, like I've said, mentioned a few minutes ago, I think they've built a car that is as quick as Ferrari's. They've built a car that is quicker than Mercedes and everyone else. I don't quite know what where the reliability issues are coming from. It's a little interesting to see because, you know, reliability issues haven't been something that have been a part of Formula One in the past couple, past couple years, at least. Like, I don't remember seeing a lot of engine failures in the past few seasons, which caused the NFs and, you know, swung the championship, for example, like since 2016, at least that's the last time I can remember. So it's it's a little strange, but because but I also think it's because like I said, it's new, right? Like there's still a lot of kinks people are figuring out. These teams are trying to figure out. Um, McLaren was struggling with their brakes in the first couple of races. Um, Mercedes have been struggling with porpoising in the first couple of races, and it's just yeah, it's just a lot of like smaller things. But yeah, like I don't think there's been a lot of information on what the Red Bull failures are stemming from. Um, we saw in the first race, both of the power units failed. We saw in the third race, only one of them failed and, you know, Checker was able to get that podium. Um, so it's interesting. I think if they figure it out, they're going to be competitive because see, like we'd say that it's a 34-point gap after three races. Yes, it is, but it's only a 34-point gap. There's 20 races to go. 20 is it's going to take one DNF from Ferrari for anyone else to catch up, right? So 
it's still a long season it's still going to balance itself out i feel like i mean i hope it doesn't but i feel like you know it's just going to inevitably inevitably going to happen like if ferrari end up producing a double podium 23 races in a row i will be impressed like they would deserve the championship at that point right so yeah let's see i feel like if uh, like i said it's just more about development than you know whoever can figure it out quicker who can whoever can figure out the issues quicker like i, th- I don't know if i mentioned but um, mclaren in the first two races they were nowhere near the top 10 third race they fin- they were easily the fourth best team right they were the best of the rest where they produced they put both drivers in the points um so clearly they've brought in some upgrade packages i know mercedes were going to bring in upgrade packages at australia but it got delayed for some reasons so it's going to be at the next race at emola so who knows they might produce a uh, you know a, the quickest car on the grid at that at that one so it's a, it's all very uncertain because of how new everything is and it's going to be interesting to see we'll just we'll just have to hope that you know ferrari like as a ferrari fan i would hope that they can also keep up the development pace and keep up going faster than the other teams but yeah i feel like if red bull figure out the reliability issues max is obviously a very talented driver we saw you know how quick he can be and he's the only he's been the one who um can compete with leclerc in that ferrari car and it's just insane like i i wanted to point out like you know uh, we mentioned how the fia we we want to give kudos to the fia for producing these regulations to produce slow racing it is very true because before this until last season it was very hard for the car behind to follow the car in front because of dirty air but they've reduced the effect of that so much where the almost like the entire race Hamilton I uh, saw you know Hamilton um Verstappen and Leclerc were within a second of each other that wouldn't have been possible before that but they they produced it and you know they kept overtaking each other like Leclerc would like Leclerc and uh, Verstappen were swapping places on the same lap like three consecutive laps in a row so it's incredible like as a fan even as a neutral just being able to see that is insane like i'm just so glad because there's a lot of new fans obviously in the past couple of years thanks to drive to survive I've had more people to text during a race which is also incredibly fun and it's like dude this is amazing like they're just like constantly going at each other and you know you never know who's going to come out in front so yeah it's been an incredible experience so I'm I'm very happy seeing this and fuz it's it's so fun to watch because they're almost in particular points they're letting the other person take the lead so yeah. that they can get the DRS and then hit a straight hopefully so they, it's been beautiful to watch them but fuz i have to call out something mm-hmm. you are being so nice <laughs> there's such a different i call this out even the previous recording so nice to max verstappen you know he's a guy he's the only guy who can compete you mm-hmm. have if, please go back obviously this is listen to the amount of shit these people have mm-hmm. talked about max verstappen now that they're on top ferrari's on top fuz has become a much nicer guy it's like total personality change complete personality change who's what is going on man no see as an f1 fan as a football fan even and like just as a human being i consider myself to be incredibly humble in glory so if we're doing well it's fine it's you know it's the norm we won 16 championships in the past like it's not anything unusual for ferrari all these like so like it's just i just do it when like these small teams with just eight constructors in a row and like you know one drivers championship they start piping up it's just 
like like what are you talking about who are you like who do you think you are you know it's just i just need to bring those people down and like obviously there's so much to lose man like there's a, there is a championship lead to lose it's not like oh ferrari finished first and no one expected it so fuck you um <laughs> it's like yeah ferrari is going to win if they don't it's going to be like you know it's going to look bad on us so <laughs> no you know, humility is important you know like charles clerk when he wins he doesn't like yeah fuck yeah and he's just like yes the team did well we did well we worked so hard for this and you know still we guys <laughs> You know what, Fuz? You might be the caustic energy this year in Ferrari. I'm trying to bring it out of you. You know, that's the issue. Everyone's being too nice right now. That's the problem. No, no, that's the only thing I want. I want some fire. No, I don't want to be the caustic energy anywhere. I like talking shit, but it's fun when it's at someone else's expense. Right now, it's just like you know, it's like if you call someone good, bad, it's just funny. But if you call someone bad, bad, it's just like it's just mean. Sad, you know? Yeah, it's just mean. Like, yeah. it just sounds like I'm making, I'm poking fun, kicking someone while they're down. I don't like doing that. Yeah, I'll just bask in the glory while I can. Hopefully, this lasts until the end of the season, and there is something to be happy about. But yeah, it's just there's just too much to lose, so I'm just gonna keep calm until you know it's actually real, and it, you know because you know we saw last season how the championship isn't over till it's over until we cross the finish line on the final lap. So yeah, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut until then. I know that's and listen, I mean, I'm so glad there haven't been any DNFs due to a hit so far because Leclerc and Charles especially have been you know sorry Leclerc and um, Max have been so close together yeah. but so far it's been good but you know anything like you said 34 points seems like a lot but in the new point system a 25 win race and one person dnfing which has been the reason red bull are so far behind honestly yeah because if they stayed on they're likely going to be around the podium right i mean they they're, they're yeah. really really close to that i believe even last season i remember they had a couple of dnfs which is what made the title race so close because Verstappen was to some extent running away with it. Had I think two or three, two races back to back where he had DNS, and um, Lewis was able to catch up to him as a result. Let's you talked a little bit about them in that segment about Mercedes. So let's mm-hmm. talk about them. They're looking pretty interesting too. George Russell is, you know, taken like a fish to water. He, we always knew he was going to be a good race in Mercedes. They were. pretty much counting down the hours till they could kick yeah. Bottas out and bring Russell and it was pretty much a given for probably you know maybe since George Russell was 12 years old that he was going to be a Mercedes driver they will be a team that develops their car you know yeah. Mercedes is never a team that takes things lying down they're going to develop this car they're going to make it better what have been the issues so far fuse what are they going to be doing to fix it as this you already talked about some of the car upgrades yeah. what do you think is going to be the difference going forward so for them? um i think all mercedes powered cars have kind of struggled i don't know if they've they've had heating issues or what because mercedes have gone with a completely radical design where they've got basically no side pods so i don't know if they're struggling with engine cooling i don't know if they are struggling with their aero package because they saw more porpoising like the so the porpoising i just want to like quickly mention what that is basically when these cars are going really quickly on a straight so these cars the new designs have uh, been produced such that they produce some sort of like downforce effect from underneath the car where there's more air passing underneath the car and they produce some sort of downforce basically reduces the effect of dirty air when they're following a car in front so what has happened is there's some sort of like issue with the suspensions where the cars are at a high speed they are bouncing up and down a lot which if you like you would need to see that to see what exactly i mean by that by it but like when these cars are going really fast so if they have like a more for clearance so the downforce effect goes in comes in 
And then when there's not enough air passing because of it, it like loses downforce again and comes back up. And then now there's more air, it goes down again, comes back up, goes down again. So it's just that effect, which kind of like, it's basically the drivers are constantly headbanging because, because the car is shaking so much. At the end of a long straight, especially that's very crucial because the, and, and at the end of a long straight, there's usually a heavy braking zone. They need to figure out the braking point exactly right. And when the car is shaking so much, it's harder to be precise, right? Um, they've, I feel like they've handled, uh, all of the drivers have handled it really well, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just some issue, you know, losing downforce, creating more drag is just kind of being detrimental to them. McLaren, however, have kind of figured out some of the issues and, you know, they produce a fast car in the third race at, at Australia. Um, I don't think Mercedes is quite there yet, so I'm not sure what it's going to take, but I feel like once they figure out the issues and produce, you know, less drag, produce a better power unit and, you know, find that, find those extra few tens, they are going to be thereabouts because they've just, they've built a, they've clearly built a reliable car because at the minute the two um, Red Bull cars uh, DNF because of their power unit failures, Mercedes was was there to grab the podiums, you know, so, and that's very crucial because you have to be opportunistic, like, you know, f- f- being fast isn't enough, like to finish, like Brundle said at the last race, right, like to finish first, you have to first finish. So if that doesn't happen, then the others are going to just pick up the scraps, they're going to be there. So, yeah, I think Mercedes will figure it out. I think they are going to bring in upgrade packages in the next race. So, Imola, they might, you know, they might be a quicker car than they have been so far. So, you don't know. And obviously, Russell and Hamilton are very talented drivers, like we've seen before. Like, Hamilton has won all these championships. And Russell did, like, you know, fit right and he just slotted right into that team. And he's ahead of Hamilton right now. Fair enough that he got a little lucky at Australia with, a, you know, with an opportune safety car and, like, those pit stops and stuff. But... Still, like being able to keep that position is also important, right? Like Hamilton wasn't able to catch him and overtake him. So that also tells us something. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see there's a lot going on throughout the grid. I'm very happy to see a lot of uh, teams that were not anywhere close to competing last season that are doing well this year. I'm very happy to see Mick and Kevin Magnussen fighting for points. Albon uh, finishing 10th with a monster standard Australia. It's just, yeah, there's a lot going on. Like we, I know we've been talking about just Ferrari and Red Bull and Mercedes, but there's a lot, lot going on throughout the rest of the grid as well. Aston Martin's been struggling and Vettel's had a, Vettel had one weekend and it was, it was literally terrible. He had red flags almost, he had like crashes almost all three days. So yeah, I feel like that sort of dynamic isn't going to stay consistent because they are all going to be working on this car. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes throughout, the, like from now until the rest of the season, until the end of the season. And yeah, I feel like this dynamic is going to constantly change. And I'm just very excited to see the kind of competition it produces. Like I want to see Haas going against an Aston Martin or, a, or an Alpine. Alpine, speaking of Alpine, like Alonso has done so well. He almost produced a pole lap on in Australia and just like because of his third, the Q3 DNF, wasn't able to. So I'm excited to see where he ends up as well eventually. And I think, Fuz, you covered a lot of the teams, you know, in the midfield. One of the things that we've always said, even in the seasons where the, the battle for the top has not been very competitive, the midfield has always been competitive. That's pretty much going to continue. Obviously, now Ferrari probably moving into a different tier, but you'll still see the competition, you know, versus the rest. One team you didn't mention that I want to quickly call out because they probably had an underwhelming season for their trajectory, which yeah. is McLaren. 
Okay. Um, McLaren, they're, you know, they're firmly in the midfield. They're currently fourth, which is, you know, where they would probably expect at the start of the season. But with the way they've progressed these last few seasons, them, especially Ricardo, probably expected more of a jump. What do you think of them this season? I don't think that they've been that disappointing, but I don't think they've they've exceeded expectations in a way that I thought they might. No, I feel like they've kind of underhit expectations because the first race they were, like I said, they were both like towards the back of the grid, and you know that's not where you expect McLaren to be given their rich history as well and the kind of like I said the development they've had over the past couple of years. Um, with their, they've also got very good drivers, so. Um, I, I, and like they did well in Australia though. So they are fourth. I feel like through by virtue of doing well in one race, one out of the three races, I think, yeah, I think like they, if they can keep this up, if they can, you know, figure again, figure out their kinks, right? Like it's basically uh, all teams just working through issues right now. They're not like, they've not all got reliable cars and they're trying to improve it. They've got barely working these like fast machines that are, you know, they're just trying to hold together right now. So if they figure those issues out, I think McLaren have a very good chance of probably competing with Mercedes, but I don't know. Like, I feel like Alpi, Mercedes and like uh, McLaren are going to be in around the same tier unless, you know, Mercedes out develops them. But uh, yeah, they would have expected to do better. They would have expected probably to be around where Mercedes are right now. They would have probably expected to be competing for at least third. Um, obviously, everyone wants to win and everyone wants to win races and win championships, but that's you know, realistically, they would have they would have expected to be a little bit better. Um, so yeah, let's see. I feel like there's there's like I don't have enough information to say where it's gonna go. I feel like all of this right now is like so uncertain that it remains to be seen. Like that's gonna be. I feel like that's gonna be my answer for most teams, right? It remains to be seen. A rule change always causes a reshuffle like this, because we've seen in the past where Mercedes came out of nowhere. Mercedes hadn't won shit before the 2013, 2014 rule changes came about, and the, when the hybrid era started, they just produced a monster, a monster of a car. And uh, right now, it's been Ferrari that's been that's been doing well. So, yeah, it's it's just gonna it's it's hard to predict because this season is basically a, a clean start, like a clean slate, fresh start. So everything that's happened in the past couple of years is basically just thrown out the window. So, Fuz, I'm gonna hit on the point that you ended with. It's really hard to predict. Yeah, but that's exactly what we're gonna make you do, and oh, I'll join no. in too. I'll join in too. I'm gonna jump in with you. I'm going to do the same, but we've got to put your money or at the very least some pride on the line. Yeah. I'm going to go into some predictions. You've done a really good summary of the season so far. The team's in contention. I'm going to ask you to make some predictions. I've got a few questions lined up for you. Question number one. I'm not going to make it as easy as who finishes first. <laughs> I want you to say top three. Drivers, in order, what do you think? Drivers oh as well God. as constructors. One, two, three. I'm not giving you just one because one I think you could quickly get get over and done with. Okay. Drivers. I think my top three is going to be Leclerc. It's going to be Verstappen. And I'm going to go bold with Hamilton third. Yeah, I feel like three different constructors are going to have the top three. But I don't know. I, th- I feel like Sainz and Perez will prove me wrong. Um, but yeah, it's a bold prediction, but it is. It is what it is. That's what I'm thinking because I feel like something's going to change and I feel like Hamilton is going to start scoring a lot more points. Okay. But let's see. So yeah, Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton. That's my top three for drivers. And constructors, I think I'm going to I'm gonna play this one a little safe. I think it's going to be Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes in the top three. 
Okay, so no. I agree with your constructors. I have the same constructors. I would say mm-hmm. Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes. But on the driver side, I'm actually going to go Leclerc, Verstappen. I think Russell. I think Russell's yeah. just going to keep keep going on his uh, merry way. I know he's technically one B in this Mercedes team, but I, I think he's gonna he's gonna keep things going. So we're both just discounting signs and check around. <laughs> basically, basically we've kicked signs and check out. You know what? I'm just you know I think. Signs a smooth operator has gotten less nice each season, and I think he's not. Uh, he's losing the man he once was. So I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think he he finishes up in the top three. Interesting. Yeah. With that, best of the rest. Who is the constructor that's best of the rest? I think it's basically between two teams as of yeah. now. Probably yeah. Alpine, McLaren. Who do you yeah. have? As I want to go Alpine just out of a little bit of a bias. I want to see. Alpine. I do I have the exact same logic. Anyway, go ahead. I want to. I want to see Alonso do well, so I want to see Alpine finish fourth. You know what? I have the exact same mentality, but just to change things up, I'll go with the what I think is the rational choice, which yeah. is I think McLaren. <laughs> so I'll I'll stick with McLaren on this one. There's usually last few seasons because of weather, some nonsense. Typically, there will be one race where a non-top three constructor team ra- driver wins a race. Who's your prediction for who that'll be this season? So, not Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. Okay, again, so my inclination would be Alpine, but they already did that last season, so I'm going to go with something new. I want to say, I kind of want to see this. I want to see Bottas win a race in the Alpha. (laughs) That would be sick. That would be really sick. That would be quite fun, yeah. Okay, that's a good pick. I'm trying to see... I would go with. I'm going to go with Ricardo more out of optimism. I just want to see him win a race. I just, it's been so long since we've seen him and he's so fun when he wins. I'm going to say Ricardo. It's not a bad shot, honestly. I mean, he won a race last season as well. So you never know. Oh, true. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, okay. so maybe there is there is some hope for that. I didn't want to say Ocon too, because I do feel like yeah, some of these situations, not... Ocon always ends up being in a good position yeah. when this like shit hits the ceiling for everyone. But I'll, I'll change it up and, and go for Ricardo this season. Fuz, finishing off, last mm-hmm. question. Kind of a sad note to end on. Constructors, who finishes last this season? <laughs> oh, who finishes last? That's a tough one. I'm gonna go with so okay. I, I'm so I'll I'll just think out loud. I feel like it's gonna be between Aston Martin and Williams. Neither of which, like, I don't really like Stroll and Latifi, but I don't know. Like, I I do like Vettel, so I kind of want to see him score points. Um, and I also like I kind of like Albon as well, and he did really well in Australia. He scored a point as well. Ah, uh, this is tough. I think I'm going to go Williams finishing last. I can't agree with you on this one. I just think, I think Vettel will sneak out a couple of results yeah. here and there. I think he's just a, I don't think he's a phenomenal driver anymore, but I feel, I still think he's wily. And um, I think he'll sneak out a win or two. Whereas I just think William are just steeped in, in excellence for, for two many years. I don't think they're going to be able to get out of it, but who's, Thank you so much for your time. We're going to remind you of everything that you said at the end of the season. Check to see how it finishes. So you don't just get to, get to say it and get away with it. Yeah. Thanks so much for the episode of Get Foos. Awesome. Through everything, through recording, snafu and all. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, if you enjoy this episode, 
do like the episode share it with, with someone else who you know is an f1 fan who, who might enjoy this episode um and check out our the other episodes we cover a whole bunch of sports so you can check out our channel and you can see we're across all the main podcasting podcasting platforms as well so uh, do check that out for those of you who've seen our episodes before Foos, big online racers, Zenith Racing. Actually, quick question before I sign off. How's, uh, how's online racing going? It's going well. It's going well. I've, uh, we've been doing okay. It's our seventh season now, so that's pretty cool. We are halfway through the season. Um, I'm still in the top 10. I'm basically, I want to name a good driver. I am basically the Lando Norris of our league. I, I never win a race, but I finish in the top 10 regularly. Now, it hasn't happened in the past couple of races, but it's going well. I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. And we have a bunch of, you know, really fun people to hang out with. Like at this point, I'm not even that interested in racing because I don't love the game as much, but it's just like, I just go in there for a laugh. It'll be like 10 of us in one party chat together and just like going at it for an hour. So it's a good time. It's sounding, yeah, are you, are you Zenith Online's racing lovable British driver as well? That's kind of your the vibe that you're, that you're going for? As I as am a... aggressively not British because we already have too many British people. I'm, the, I'm one of the only Indian drivers there, so I will take that. I'll take that proudly. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, well, okay. I, 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 I think I am the comic relief, yes, that is, if that's the point we're making. Fair enough. I'll, that's a good. That's a good other connector, Lando Norris. So if you do want to see the Indian Lando Norris of online racing, <laughs> check out Zenith Online Racing. But with that, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Thanks so much. Have a good week. Bye. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a like and share it with anyone else who might be interested. You can also subscribe on any social media platform that you prefer, and all our links are in the bio. We also have a website with all our episodes as well as blogs and a whole lot of other sports content so make sure to check that out as well.